with some Dr. Pepper for free. <laughs> I know you had no brothers. <laughs> you better not have no brothers. <laughs> Go ahead and start the show, Jason. Dang. Oh, man. Welcome, everybody, to the N-Word for Nerd podcast. I'm just living my later, younger life here in unforgivable quotes. Uh, always brings a laugh, too, and a smile as well. So shout out to that dude, man. Hopefully he, hopefully he landed on his feet, bro. Hopefully he landed on his feet. It. So shout out to him. He's having that. a hard so, time uh, getting a job now because everybody Googles <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The I'm sorry. Were... We, didn't, we didn't get you a job because you're unforgivable. Yeah. <laughs> what did you, you can't help but you give us a bad reputation of being unforgivable. Uh, but so, yes, as we go to this, everybody, before we start the show, remember to like, share, subscribe. Follow us on the Head Cannon Circus on YouTube, Facebook. All DSPs, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Google, uh, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere you can get us. And like Jaren said last week, don't forget to hit the bell icon to be notified when we post. You can know all our posts or just know some of our posts, but make sure you're notified when we are posting. All right, guys, let's jump into the light, heavy lifting here. Jason, how's it going today? We got to do introductions. You doing all right? I, I hate it here. It's like 40 more years of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm doing great. I'm doing great, everybody. It's good. It's a good day. I was gonna say you black, so I don't know if you got 40. Uh go ahead to Jared. 15 more years of this shit. <laughs> Jared, how's everything going? I hate that I'm slide you in under that kind of comment, but let's go. Yeah, oof. Uh no, uh, it's going good. Uh, you know, things are looking up, so uh ready to you know move forward. That's what's up. Okay, guys. We're bringing back our top three as I'm blocking my camera there. Man, we're bringing back our top three again. And so we decided for this week in honor of, you know, our main subject matter, Candyman, to talk about the scariest horror movie monster or person. So let's go ahead and start off with Jason number A, the Duke of all nerds. Who is your number three? Here we go. Uh, so just to preface this, when I was a child, I was a coward. And pretty much you could tell me anything about a movie. It would scare the shit out of me. But as you grow older, you see... Freddie and Jason and Chucky, and you're like, oh, they're kind of goofballs. They're fun. Uh, so my number three is the troll from Ernest Scared Stupid. <laughs> yes. That troll was frightening. That scared the living shit out of me in a movie that's not supposed to scare the living shit out of people. Oh <laughs> the troll God, and right. Scared... <laughs> yeah. I still was... have no ideas about that motherfucker. Oh, man. I just got the shivers thinking about that. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to go. My number three is yeah, Candyman, as it would be. First time I saw Brother be the horror, like, you know, be the horror monster. First time I saw Brother being a horror monster doing what he was doing to folks, like that accountant that he got up on. Uh, <laughs> like, but again, it was the first time I had seen one of us be the, like, legitimate bad guy, not just, like, the tough sidekick to a white uh, protagonist. So, like, yeah, Candyman scared the crap out of me. Until this day, I won't say his name in the mirror at all. Like, You'd be a fool to do so. You would be an idiot. <laughs> I would not right. do that at all. <laughs> Bloody Mary, Candyman. Any, I wouldn't even say fucking Beetlejuice three times. <laughs> right, 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 right. We don't, uh, we don't play with that stuff. We don't play with them spirits and all that. Uh, Jaren, who's your number three? Uh, number three, um, I guess it's it's like the combination of raping things to death and eating things. Uh, but I would have to say Jaws Whedon's Reavers are probably my number three scary bad guy. The concept of them, it kind of runs parallel with a rage virus zombie, 
but with more human darkness in it. So uh, definitely some free. And, and I loved uh, in the series, you never actually saw one. It was only just what they left behind. So big right. fan of so the Reavers. All right. Duke of all nerds, what is your number two? Uh, also know this quick story. Uh, when I was in during summer camp, kids used to scream Bloody Mary to the bathroom. I did not go to that bathroom for four years during that summer camp at all. Smart man. Like Smart Bloody man. Mary, come and get me. Uh, this is going to make you laugh. Number two is Ted Danson's cutout in Three Men and a Baby. I thought that was a real ghost for 30 years. <laughs> and I did 30, not watch that movie. Years. For 30 years, because I thought that was a real ghost. I believe oh. that urban legend. And even now, if I see that movie, I'll still get a little bit freaked out, even though I know it's Ted Dance's cutout. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, that is a Dark Horse favorite there. Um, shout out to that one. Uh, well, I can't really top that one, because my number two <laughs> is The Creeper from Jeepers Creepers. Like, that first one, when you first see him, it was terrifying. Like, yeah, he's, hell, even when you don't see him, the whole scene where he's following him in the truck, it keeps running up on him and stuff. Like, I've never been like, I, I had no reason to be like, oh, don't hit him. No, no, like, I still get a, like, reaction because it just feels so, like, it feels real. Like, the, the, you know, Justin Long and all that played a good role in that. So, yeah, the Creeper is my number two scariest uh, dude. The monster, that motherfucker is, like, unstoppable. Like, yes, they, they didn't stop that dude. <laughs> he just which kind of takes sleep. away from him but adds <laughs> right he goes to sleep that's <laughs> what you do just avoid him <laughs> hopefully you can outlive him for <laughs> that's it right. uh, you dire <laughs> what's, your, what's your number two uh, I mean based on what, what Jason said I want to give an honorable mention it made me think of this but it's not on my list but it definitely impacted me as a kid y'all did you ever watch the uh, um Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Oh, Mad yes. Marge, the trucker who's yes. like, who's like man, that'll fuck. That scared the me. shit out of me as a child. <laughs> <laughs> fuck with these again. But my real number two is, uh, of course, uh, the star of Batman on Elm Street, Mister Freddy himself. Respect. Yeah, that that I remember watching the first one as a kid, being just genuinely terrified and not sleeping for like a week. So. See, I only watched the trailer Facts. when I was a kid, and there was an abandoned house I was, uh, uh, across the street from my dad's house, and I thought mm-hmm. Freddy Krueger lived there, and I could never go near it <laughs> to this day. <laughs> well, good thing, because even a live Freddy would have been a, a molester, so yeah, good for you. Good, good choices. Uh, <laughs> Duke of all nerds, your number one? So my number one is actually going to be a legit thing. Uh, number one is the background ghosts in Haunting of Hill House. Like having those ghosts just be in the frame is the scariest thing, and it's so well done because you're like searching for these ghosts, and when you see one, it's just like, why is that there? That's terrifying. That's so scary. I if you haven't watched Hill House, oh, it's so good. And I was an adult when I saw it. I had nightmares. So, the movie, right? No, the Netflix show. I was say there's like a series too. Okay, yeah, the series. Gotcha. So good. So good. <laughs> so scared. Okay. Uh, that's why I, I think Jason, you won this week just because your picks alone, the diversity in them adds a lot to uh, yeah, yeah. I got I got to reframe for next week. <laughs> yeah. Um, but my number one is, you know, Jaren called it. 
Mr. Freddy Krueger himself. Oof. Nightmare on Elm Street Part 1. Still to this day, I get goosebumps when he's in the alley and his arm stretch. All the which way is goofier. Yeah, it's goofier when you're an adult. But when I was a kid, she, oh, my God, that freaked yeah. me out. Like, it, yeah. Nightmare Johnny fuel, Depp Nightmare fuel. And, and another reason he's my number one is that even after a kid, as I watched all the nightmares, and they got campy and jokey and it was kind of BS. He fucking scares me again with new nightmare. Like that Freddy was more terrifying than the one that, that was actually a dream warrior because now he's in the real world going at like it. Yes. Oh, it's not nightmare. a movie no more. <laughs> right, right, right. And then shout out to shit. that kind of being the first meta. And you know, Wes Craven goes on to make Scream. You see, he had already kind of been in that mind frame of the, the meta horror film. So shout out to him. But yes, Freddy for part one and New Nightmare Alone, just yeah, yeah. I feel like you can't do any better than that. But Jan's going to try. He has a number one that is not right. Freddy Krueger. So who's your number one? My number one that's not Freddy Krueger. It's going to be. I mean, I'm really going to. I think I'm going to have to sell it a little bit because it's not horror and terror, but it is still the most terrifying person I think that's ever been on cinema. Is um, uh, kill uh, kill Killjoy? No, ah, fuck. I don't even know his name. Jesus Christ. Killjoy's it. Uh, no, no, no. From uh, oh, ask anyone. From Jessica Jones, the first bad guy, Purple Man. Purple Man. Oh, uh, kill something. Kill Killgrave. Killgrave. Killgrave yeah. has the ability to project a field around him, and whatever he says is considered incredibly impactful to you, and you acquiesce. Mm. Uh, when you first meet a victim of his, it's a poor woman who's been tied to a bed, but she's got herself loose, but she's still sitting in the bed, and she's peed all over it, and she's embarrassed by that. And they go, why don't you just get up and go to the bathroom? And she goes, well, he told me to wait for him here. Like just that simple turn of phrase made it so that she was incapable of making herself comfortable even when something like that occurred. It is the most dark, sinister, rapey, malignant, disgusting, and terrifying power ever to be put on cinema. And it is something that, I mean, you can make it, superhero-y if he powers up or if he buddies up with someone strong and just tells them to do every horrible thing he wants done. You can make it um, twisted and sexual if you put them near to anybody's sister or mom and they just have to agree with whatever horrible like perverted thing he thinks of. I mean, it, it's just this insanely insidious and horrible ability and I think they played it really well in Jessica Jones. Played it to him by David Tennant. David Tennant. Like, he also he also brought a little bit of empathy to that character too, because he were because he, he was like legitimately like I don't know if people if whatever I say could just change someone. I don't know if people actually right. like me, and it's like you felt sorry for him even though he was like a terrible human being. Yeah. <laughs> like so good, so good. And a lot of these a lot of these characters are uh, are like that that in our ethos are driven by hate or or mis mistreatment or this that and the other. And uh, uh, Kilgrave is he doesn't have that limitation of scope of imagination. He's still living like a human, albeit a sociopath, every single day of his life and coming with new and darker and deeper hells that he can visit upon other people. I mean, he is terrifying. Oh, that is pretty scary. Yeah. Just, just so that's why your will taken away from you just by someone saying some words. Is... And still being trapped inside a glass version of you looking out, desperately wanting to reassert your own will. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Scary, um, <laughs> fucking terrible. I, 
Yeah, I mean, now I'm going to not I'm, sleep tonight. But this no night arms. So fun, yeah. guys. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, just when you said all that, it made, it triggered something in me to be like, oh, this could go down a way deeper conversation about America and the feeling of being controlled. And but I was like, you know what? I'm gonna stay in the here now because it's a, a nerd show. And let's keep moving with nerd news. News. <laughs> yeah. So we just have a little bit here because we're not gonna take forever, like always. Um, how do I pronounce her name? The Duke of All Nerds, Journey Smollett. Journey, Journey. Smollett. So she uh, it was Black Canary in The Birds of Prey. So HBO has greenlit, or HBO Max is greenlit. Her getting her own solo movie on HBO Max. But the beauty of it, it teams Mrs. Smollett back with Misha Green, who they collabed in Lovecraft. So, um, Jason, excited about this? What are your thoughts? I've been a fan of Journey Smollett since 1991, <laughs> when she was on Full House. So I'm all for it. And now with Misha Green attached, I am all for it. Jaren, your thoughts? Uh, anytime you can take a DC character and get it out of the horrible hands of the CW, I'm down. They generally do better when handled by a real. <laughs> I don't know. We have Titans. That's on HBO Max. They could fuck it up. <laughs> it feels so CW still somehow. I don't know. It does. Yeah, because it's ran by Greg Bernanke, and so it is CW-ish. God, All right. Well, the Russo brothers, who no one knew was attached to this movie, just dropped out of Magic: The Gathering, an animated movie series they were making for Netflix. Jaren, is some part of you wishing this was created and made, or you you found with this? Let her do bigger and better things. I, I genuinely enjoy Magic the Gathering. I play it semi-regularly with friends, uh, so I know how deep the lore goes. And I think in the able hands of some a, a team like the Russo brothers, especially a team so they could fight off the fatigue, would probably make something genuinely amazing. Um, so it's it saddens me to hear they go. But, I mean, wherever they go, they're going to do something awesome. Facts. Jason, thoughts? They probably dropped out because they were playing too much Magic the Gathering, so... I could definitely see that. They were like, man, you know how much money we made? Uh, we, we can give this back to you all. Let's just, let's just keep playing. Let, give, who gives a fuck? <laughs> we're buying all no, the black man. Absolutely, absolutely. So, I know you guys, this moment you guys have been waiting for, we, we've been training, working out, so we can put back on our leather pants and our leather <laughs> overcoats, because the Matrix 4 finally has a title that they release. It is going to be Matrix resurrection and i believe the trailer dropped at CinemaCon, so that means the trailer should be coming soon this movie will debut in theaters and on hbo max on december 22nd 2021 jaren wait come on man are you ready to get your spiky hair back <laughs> oh, you already got your like man. Over again. Man. You, you can't you can't rock that look nowadays you get tackled by the police thinking you're a disgruntled the high schooler but um uh yeah no uh obviously if you know any anything about the story like who called resurrection is being like obviously i mean he's <laughs> jesus for fuck's sake and he's been down for a while it's resurrection time like if anybody didn't call that they're morons or weren't paying attention but yeah <laughs> Jason, let's go. your thoughts keanu reeves is always going to be one of the the greatest to ever do it even though he's like a wooden plank <laughs> but I love him. I'm I'm here. I'm really I'll watch this shit with my leather coat on. All right. Now I'm throwing this bonus question here right for you because just want a reaction. Nothing crazy. The new Spider-Man teaser trailer did drop, confirming a lot of what people thought and some things they did not think. Jason, what was your reaction 
when you saw the when you when you heard it dropped and you saw the uh, the trailer for the first time? What was your reaction? Like, no shit. No way. Holy shit. Awesome. And I'm and I'm like, ah, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jared, your reactions as you watch the trailer. Uh, I yeah, I'm I'm there for it. Um, Molina looking great. Uh, apparently that girl from the last movie, the blonde one that was uh, always on the like morning news is on a real news station in the background in this. So I'm like, uh, did she graduate early? Was she ahead of them? I don't know. But uh, yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, absolutely. She got snapped I mean, too, so she should be the same age as everybody else, I guess. Would I have liked to have seen Andrew Garfield? Sure. Toby McGuire, he can be there too. His but, Brooklyn uh, accent was pretty spot on, even though he is. It was pretty good. Yeah, no, uh, uh, Andy, Andrew Garfield. Oh, Garfield, yeah. My issue yeah. with both of those guys is they both had half of Spider-Man. Garfield was a horrible Peter Parker and a great Spider-Man, and Toby was a great Peter Parker. I could see that kid getting stuffed into a locker and a horrible Spider-Man. So I kid like, you mean grown-ass man because they're both 35 when they did them. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they both, they both had a piece of the pie. Neither of them had the whole thing. Insert. Tom Holland, here we go. Let's go. It was right. actually around the age that Peter Parker should be. <laughs> right. True. Okay, let's go ahead and jump into another Marvel property here. We're going to talk about What If Episodes 2 and 3. Jaren, your thoughts? Episode 2 was amazing. Um, T'Challa was a lot of fun. And um, uh, Thanos' whole whole energy in the background trying to convince people that his idea was a good idea even though he was waylaid by a simple conversation was fantastic uh third one it it was way more in a familiar setting so it it felt less than uh but it was it, it, it was all right and i like that they brought back they went back to the uh the thor or not the thor the hulk uh which was the second mcu official movie that I still enjoy and still like, and you know, it's the best one ever anybody's ever made. Every other whole best whole movie of all time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Small bar, not hard, to, not hard to get over, but but still. Uh, but yeah, so uh, yeah, man, the first one was great. Uh, I love, uh, I love the uh, the the guy hunting them initially. Who I don't know his name, but that guy, you know, mm. what I'm talking about. Uh, I think he was. Uh... <laughs> yeah, we. No, never mind. I'm not going to say that. I, 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 I don't remember his name. And when I do remember his name, I have a hard time pronouncing it. Apologies in advance. Um, his whole character swap was great. And you could tell immediately it was him because his voice is like iconic. It just, you can pick it out of a crowd. Um, I loved his energy. I loved the whole thing. Uh, yeah. And again, uh, episode three was, it was all right. It was, it was okay. It, you know. Okay. Jason, thoughts? Two and three. Shout out. Uh, well, first thing first, uh, it's been a year since Chadwick Boseman is dead. I think it was a year on what two days ago. So hearing his voice again, uh, on that, just oh my god, it's just like it just saddens me that we lost such a great talent so early and like no one knew what he was suffering with. Uh, that episode two, probably one of the best moments of TV in a while. Like he brought such a life and joy to T'Challa as Star Lord that it was just like it was dripping all over the scene, over the screen. So much so that Ryan Coogler was like, "Oh, I'm going to rewrite Black Panther two to bring that sort of characterization of T'Challa into Black Panther two. That's how good 
uh, mm-hmm. Chadwick Boseman voice acting was in that. Like, it was great. Like, there's nothing I can't say no more about that that episode. Episode three, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, a second your thoughts. Everybody thoughts on episode two. Just a lot of humor. It, it felt the most like the MCU than any of the other parts that felt previously. And I think yeah. that's why it was so much more enjoyable. It felt like you could see this on the big screen and be played out the same, you know, in a longer format, but played out the same way and it would feel right. Um, and then the third one, the third one is more typical of what what if stories are kind of are, really. Like that Star-Lord one is a you know great one with Chadwick, but that's an outlier for usually what if stories. Like a lot of these what if stories are just like, Hey, this tweaking now that good guy's a bad guy. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, all right, I guess. It was but if Wolverine was Professor die. X, whoa, and you find out his villain's actually like Professor X. Like it, it, it just like it, yeah, like three was what I expect what ifs to be. A little I slight wish. change, kind of cool seeing Hank yeah. Pym be a straight total badass and actually utilizing the powers of like being able to be small with brain when like they talk about mass and all that. Very like it was fun to see the powers being used in very awesome ways that we all talk about. They should use the powers, but that was pretty dope. Yeah, he's legitimately like one of the most powerful Avengers, and they don't use him at all <laughs> like that. This is mostly a joke. <laughs> this this is kind of a nitpick, but in the first two episodes, the Watcher kind of talks about the one thing that changed that sent us down mm-hmm. a different path. And episode three didn't have that. I'm nope. guessing the difference was Shield approached Hope Van Dyne at some point. Some point I, I in the past, and she yeah, died, yeah. and he was yeah. mad about it. Right. That is that, so that's the difference because she didn't work for Shield as far as the MCU goes up until current day. So this was a they chose to. I think she still doesn't work for Shield. But in this, in the what if she did, she died. For yeah, the what if she did, but like that's in the current MCU timeline, she does not work for Shield. Right. Like she was a fugitive or something. That's fair. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, yeah I, I guess. But I think if they would have been, if that would have been shown at the beginning, I think it would have kind of messed up the whole mystery. It would have oh, spoiled so, the. Yeah, but even right. even just even just moving the voiceover to the end to like make it consistent throughout the three episodes, I would have appreciated. But. Gotcha. Got, that's a good point. Gotcha. 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 Yeah. There. I see that. Okay. Well, <laughs> actually, the event we've all been waiting for this show is finally here. So Titans episode five dropped and we have a we have a check in, you know, what I'm saying you're, you're pretty much on AA right now, Jason, like you are battling an addiction that you got to get over, which is watching Titans. And so we're here for your check in, man. So have you watched I, episode five? Yay or nay? Fuck no, I quit cold turkey. I, I got I mean, I'm kind of scratching. But <laughs> like no, <laughs> I said I was not going to watch the show anymore. I'm not going to fucking watch it. It's like it's like being in an abusive relationship. They're just going to beat me down. I'm going to be like, oh, but I love you. And they're like, I love you too. And they're going to spit in my face. No, fuck this show. If you like this show, please come on and tell me why you like it so I can spit in your <laughs> face and tell you that you're wrong and that you're a terrible <laughs> human being for liking the show. <laughs> Make but no, sure you let fuck know this show. Like, like comment, subscribe for that opportunity. <laughs> yes, of yes, all yes. Make the sure terrible shit that has happened on TV and in cinema from from the first Suicide Squad to Josh Whedon's Justice League to, to Wonder Woman 1984. The last this is by far the most biggest pile of garbage ever sent to our screens of all time. Fuck <laughs> this show. Literally. 
All right. And there you have it. He's staying strong, ladies and gentlemen. He He's staying strong. Looks like he could complete the race of a lifetime because he has to never watch the show again, which is a lifetime bet. So he's keeping strong, guys. Only got 15 years left, so I can't can, can, <laughs> yes. can do that. You are a black man. You are a black man. All right. Let's go ahead and spin to a guy who never really died. Has always been in our minds, in our scary souls, and just, brought back to us with a little bit of Jordan uh, Peele. And I, I don't want to disrespect the, the young lady. What is it? Uh, the, the director and writer. Oh, Jesus. Um, I got to look this up. Uh, yeah, so her last name is Codis, I believe. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Codis. I want to check the sister who brought this up to us. But, ladies and gentlemen, yes, we are talking about Mia da Costa. Mia da Costa. There you go. She has the director, so I want to give her respect and shout out to her. But yeah, we're going to talk about Candyman. I mean, let everybody know. We are going to start a little bit spoiler free for a second. And then we're going to jump into complete, <laughs> utter, ridiculous, pro spoilers. So far, spoiler free review. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. Because I know a lot of people in my community are going to want to hear this review. So, yeah, yeah. Anyway, Jaren, go ahead. Tell us your thoughts, spoiler-free, about Candyman. Spoiler-free thoughts, Candyman. Um, and I know that uh, thanks for softballing me the first spot because I'm going to say what everybody else is thinking. There is a lot of subtext. There is a lot of social commentary that runs under just barely underneath the surface of this movie. Um <laughs> If you are here for jump scares and horrors, you are. It is a slow pace, and you're not going to get many. Um, but a lot of it will make you think. Uh, I enjoyed it for what it was, and it was a lot of great things balanced well. All right, Jason, spoiler free review of Candyman. Yeah, I went to mirror what. See what I did there with the Candyman. I'm going to mirror uh. what Aaron said. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is dripping with subtext, uh, like. Wop sort of dripping. It is all over the place. I get you had to get up with a, a mop. It was so dripping with subtext. I love the shot so design. They did a lot of like um really nice long shots of things that are like repeating, like mirrors and things like that. It is uh yeah, it is such a well-crafted movie. Uh nice, great. I mean, like I thought the pace, even though it was a slow pace, was a lot faster than the original because the original takes like 50 minutes before it gets going. <laughs> and even then it's like so like yeah this this movie is definitely um not for people who want to think about things you know yeah about the state of our country I'm uh, especially if real. you disagree with some of the things that people have been saying recently so if you are that person you're probably not listening to the show so fuck you anyway but yeah. if you are right. <laughs> This is not your movie, and and don't try to get me in the comments like, oh, Candyman's political. Get the fuck oh, out of here. It's try and get in the comments. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, great fucking movie. Great. I don't even like horror movies like that. Great fucking movie. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna jump right into it, and basically, yeah, this is everything you said and more. But it's for bougie black people. <laughs> I'm gonna let you know if you if you want some more than a thousand dollars in a big account. <laughs> but yeah, you want some slasher, run down the street, you know, just you know, like the, yeah, 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 like original type of stuff from the original. You, you're not gonna get this here. It doesn't do jump scares. It isn't like any kind of the traditional what I call black horror that we enjoy. Well, girl, don't go in there. Well, cause she right behind you. He right behind. Like it, it, it ain't one of them. So, but for everybody who likes real, it's a real cinema, but enjoys Splash something me. being told to them or a message or just a clear direction 
of how this film is going to look, feel, and make you feel about it, um, then yeah, you you'll be here for Candyman. But I just don't want them to get up in here and be like, "Oh, Candyman suck," and then we get that in the community that the new one suck because you know he didn't like jump out at her and try to grab her and all. Like, like stop, stop. Um, <laughs> so for everybody involved, that is our spoiler-free review. We're going to jump officially into spoilers, dripping with subtext and everything going on. So let's start off with you, Jason. What were your spoiler thoughts of Candyman? Oh, man. I did not know that Anthony, our main character, played by uh, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, mm-hmm. get his name, his whole entire name, was the baby from the original. I When I found out, like, I thought about it, like, two seconds before they announced it in the movie, and I was like, oh, that's kind of a cool callback that he's actually mm-hmm. the baby from the original. Um yeah, like I I I liked the fact that in this movie they pretty much made Candyman like not just a traditional I'm gonna get you ghost, but a kind of a ghost <laughs> of vengeance. Like, um, to be honest, nearly every person that died in this movie was white and an asshole. <laughs> so like uh they were definitely uh hammering home the message that you know the uh, generational trauma of people, you know, reiterate throughout the years, even to this day. And that honestly, a lot of it's due to white supremacy and like uh, the uh, legacy of that and the, and to a racist system. And it was great. And it was refreshing to see. And uh, as they were murdered brutally in, in, in clever shot wise ways, I was, I was like completely engrossed and enjoyed it. And uh, even though it was in, the uh the uh trailer when his mom claps and does that like mm, i felt mm. that <laughs> like i yeah, felt yeah that. <laughs> like that is something that any female relative would do when you're about to say something that you're not supposed to and, and it was mm-hmm. oh I gotta, man this I, gotta, is... I gotta say this i already talked to jason about it but jason over uh <laughs> i already talked to jason about it but jason <laughs> yeah yeah um his mom I, I didn't understand it was his mom at first. She looks young as hell. I thought I was like, oh, he have a side. Black don't crack, man. Oh yeah, but I mean, but this is like, I mean, she, I, black don't crack. That lady eighty five years old. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah. Old she looks amazing in this. Yeah, fifty eight years old. It took me Vanessa context. Williams. Yeah, it took me context yeah. clues to figure out uh, that she was the mom. I was like, man, this apartment looks dingy and gross as hell. And yeah, I like the way she had her hair and her outfit. I was like, "Oh, she's supposed to be older." I guess they, cast, they <laughs> no, couldn't find not, an old lady. The same lady from from ninety two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, looking like yeah. she's still in ninety two. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so great. Black don't crack. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I kind of uh, felt yeah, sorry that his path was to become Candyman at the end of this, but it was kind of pretty much the story of black life in America. Is like you gonna get killed by the cops and, and they're gonna try to cover that shit up <laughs> it's like right. and i was like i was hoping there was a way for him to get out of it but like i kind of understand like why he was just like okay this is the way we're going with this mm. there was no escaping this because there's no escaping the uh consequences of the past i mean i haven't escaped it I don't know, Jason, I don't know your life, but I know probably I could just guess that you haven't escaped. This is not a thing that we have yet to succeed on. So this is kind of like this movie is definitely has uh, wrote that into the narrative of the story that you cannot escape the consequences of the past. So. But I loved it. 
<laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going and we'll let uh, Jaren go ahead and back clean up on this one. You want me to wrap yeah, this up? Yeah, I'm So, Jaren, what do you <laughs> think? Right, right, right. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Uh, <laughs> so, I was like, you know, first of all, I'm talking to Jaren about it. I'm like, well, first of all, I left the theater. I text you guys. It was like, this Candyman. Wow. Like, and exclamation points and all that. And so, which was which, yeah. like, a like unusual. glowing recommendation from Jason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like if which like Jason and Duke Nurse even said, like it's so much subtext that when Jaron told me, oh, he felt it was a little bit slow in parts. I almost was about to argue with them, but then I had to sit back <laughs> and think about it. Like, you know, it was, but I was so engrossed in everything that was that was in the in the movie that it really just didn't even click into me. This is a slow burn. Um you know, they do the easy softballs out, out to us early. Oh, gentrification. Oh, this is what happens. And I'm thinking, okay, I know from the original one, that was what the original script for the original Candyman was supposed to be completely about. But studios got involved and it, the Candyman thing became something else. So to hear it in this one, I was like, oh, okay, well, they're probably going to hit on what the original one should have hit on. And okay, I could be here for a gentrification story. All right, let's just see if it's scary. But then as the movie kept going on, it was certain things that were being said by this black cast and these black people and how they were being treated by white people in the films and just a just a combination of stuff going on. And even to like, it's probably one of the first horror movies to even take in like almost the quasi bougie or coastal bougie or black millennial person. Because we don't see that character. It's either you're struggling real bad or you made it rich. And it was like, nah, this is just like, hey, we ain't we doing eye out in these streets. Like, they could have been anybody we've seen or met in the city and kind of had those kind of jobs and worked that kind of way. Um, so we get to that point, you know, we get to, to just that whole bougie kind of atmosphere and feel. But you get from just the things in the paintings, his previous paintings with the noose looking like, you know, like a tie signifying, you know, corporate America's, you know, lynch around you and you got all the people grabbing for the tie, like, so kind of even that corporatism kind of attitude going into black America because the hands were black and brown. So that was interesting in the back. Doing the whole thing, like you said, the trauma thing being passed down. A lot of people think a lot of our traumas passed down genetically as well. So even that had an overtone in the movie that the genetic trauma being brought down, etc. Um, his, his work of art not even being noticed or cared about so trauma was associated with blackness was a very poignant, you know, thing. Uh, his response to calling her out, you know, to basically saying like, hey, you artists slum it out so you make it big. And like, it's like, no, no, this guy lives this. He, he's not slumming it out. This is what the world has given him. And he's choosing to make a canvas. I'm like, it just, it had to be trauma associated. But even to, I'm going to let you go, Jason, too, but just to just oppose that, you had the black woman putting off the the, the the show that was trying to benefit off the, uh, the, the the girl's trauma. Like it was almost like you damn you get the right appraisal if it's black trauma involved, and we hate that. But yet when we as black people profit off each other's trauma, we feel like it should be okay and it shouldn't be. And so it it, it just was a lot of stuff going on in there that I just yeah yeah I, I tip my hat to it definitely. Set my hat to this one, but I know Jason, you wanted to go and say something. Oh, that would just reminds me of the scene when he was talking to the uh art director guy and about his work. And he 
was explained to, oh, I'm going to do, you know, pieces based on this one. He's like, no, 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 that's too, you know, gauche or too, too that's already been mm-hmm. overplayed. And it's like, even his trauma is a commodity to these people. And he has to even yep. find even deeper things to go about just so he can be a commodity. And it goes all to, to towards this capitalist idea that we have to sell our our stories in order to just be heard. And it's like, even with uh, his girlfriend, like, oh, the, the black lady was telling me, oh, you're such a, you have such an interesting story. And it's like about her father committed suicide in front of her. She watched two of her friends. She found two of her friends dead bodies that were hacked dead. And no one right. cares unless it's able to be commodified. And that's like, that's the world we live in. And it's just so, it's just, it was just so uh, engaging to, to see that basically, you know, set out playing to people who could hear it. Yeah. Go ahead, Jared. So, Jared, <laughs> go ahead. Back, clean up. Oh, this is easy peasy. I agree with everything that's been said here already. <laughs> hey, he's learning. I have no <laughs> conflicting opinion. <laughs> nope, none whatsoever. And I don't have anything to add. I think everything was said as best as it possibly could be. No, I enjoyed it. Uh, and yeah, there were points that after after I talked about it with Jason, he was like, there were there were aspects of it that were heavily kind of nested in the subtext. And when you were experiencing it being kind of a slow burn, that may have been a scenario where my mind was racing, but yours was watching scenery for clues as to whether or not this guy was going to, you know, pop out of a corner or whatever. So yeah. And those, in those two different, same movie, different experiences. Yes. I, as soon as he started talking about it, I was like, he was pointing out very specific things. I was thinking about it. I was like, yeah, I could map that out. Uh, and, and then my mind would have been more engaged during those points, but yeah. Uh, brilliant movie. Uh, a deeper movie, definitely not for if you're just going to again to watch some half naked, you know, uh, co ed run down a street bloody, uh, and then have something come after them that goes bump in the night. This isn't it for you. This, there's a lot more to this. So, I also love the use of when they show the Candyman, like he was always like in a mirror, he was always like out of focus. And it was, ah, uh, this is why I don't fuck with mirrors. I don't have no mirrors in my house unless it's in the bathroom. <laughs> in the when those those kids got killed in the in the school bathroom and the girl, yeah, the uh, the mirror dropped underneath the the stall. little compact and oh, yeah, the compact, so- and then the one B lands in it and just drips into the into the other reality and mm-hmm. flies off differently. I was like, oh, that's awesome. yeah, so cool. So so such an interesting way to shoot that that goes to yeah. the theme of things, and it's just so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, don't fuck with mirrors. I don't yeah. play with mirrors. <laughs> and I would say that it, it should be, you know, to be full on. So we're not completely not being hacks, but Jaren did bring up an interesting thing that could be looked at as a slight or a negative about the the kind of twist it takes. Like, like the guy to pull that off needed so much to happen right and fall into place to try to pull off the next Candyman thing. Yeah. It almost feels like how did that even become a thing? Because it like a lot had yeah, to fall our, in the place. Our boy so. the laundromat, yeah. His 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 <laughs> his plan was really fucking dependent on a lot of big fucking ifs. <laughs> like a lot that he had no control over. <laughs> well, I, would, I would assume that I didn't mean to interrupt he guys. wasn't planning on anything. He just it it was going to happen regardless of what he was doing. I think, in my mind. But he needed he to go agree. get himself a witness for some reason, and then when she dipped out, yeah, because you need someone to tell about Candyman. <laughs> Though also really cool was when she stabbed that dude in the face, and she just 
continue to yeah, fucking yeah. stab him. Oh, you yeah, never yeah, see yeah. that in horror movies. I love like, it. I love oh, it. Knocked him down. No, I'm gonna run away. And the guy yeah, always gets yeah. up. It's like, no, finish that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That and her at the yeah. top of the stairs going, nope. <laughs> yeah. Straight sister move on that one. Like, nope. Yeah. For all you not getting me there. with that one. Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. It, it's a situation of, of self defense and you knock the person out. Just go ahead. Double tap. Yeah. Yep. Just kill him. <laughs> Double tap. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah like said, this so they can't does have a lot of, yeah, nuance in it. So if you're not here for that, you probably don't see it. But again, I will tell you this, black folks, I will tell you this. And we watch a lot of stuff that pulls on our trauma and it's reality based real life that we got to experience. I'm at least going to support the one that's more in the ilk that I like. That is, yeah, it's talking about our trauma, but at least there's a dude with a hook at the end, killing a bunch of white folks. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, like, give me that. If you're going to give me, if you're going to put my trauma on display, give me supernatural beings taking out my trauma one white cracker at a time. And I love my <laughs> white people, but you know the ones that aren't good. Those, take them out. So, I, look, that's just how no I feel No more about 12 it. years of slave. No more yeah, yeah. hook. Give me Candyman and I will be okay. <laughs> yeah. 100%. 100%. All right. Jason, number eight, what are you giving it? Five. 5.1. Even though this kill goes to five. <laughs> <laughs> Look, yeah, I'm here, man. I give it a five, two. Go check it out. <clears throat> it's fun. It's interesting. It's just an enjoyable flick. Well made and enjoyable flick. Five so, it Jerry, is. What do you get, Jerry? Four. <laughs> Give it a four. There, there are some things that that I missed, and uh, it, it's because I need to kind of educate myself a little bit and go back to it. And so, until then, it's four. Read a fucking book. <laughs> I read it's not my time. job to be no okay, but uh, let's move on to the next one. Something uh, more, yes, in the basis of non-reality, we have uh, The Witcher on Netflix. Jaron, what are your thoughts on The Witcher? Can I just say? What an amazing movie and event. It's done by one of my favorite studios, uh, Animation Houses, uh, Studio Mir. Those are the people responsible for Legend of Korra, among other things. Um, and their uh, their abilities are on full fucking display in this. It is fantastic. They have some beautiful sweeping camera shots during action. Really fucking fire on all cylinders. They are awesome. Setting that aside, visually, I'm there. It could have been, it could have been the last Airbender where they just mispronounced <laughs> the names, and and I still would have been there for the visuals alone. Now let's talk about the story. The story was an exceptionally well written story. I'm pretty sure they followed one of the previous novels, kind of like uh, at least uh, specific points in in uh, Young Vesemir's life, um, but. Uh, exceptionally well written paced and acted the voice actors were fantastic everybody was having a good time but was serious when necessary it was it, there was emotional toy uh it tugs emotionally at you a little bit here and there it really finishes off that that action boner you have and and it it i mean it was written well enough for it 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 you know challenged you a little bit i guess um and then the music was great in it too i mean this this movie is a, it is the product of people that know what they're doing and are are firing on all cylinders in every in every direction, and they put together a brilliant brilliant story, and I highly recommend it. I'm done. All right, Jason, number eight, your thoughts? 
uh, I never finished a Witcher game. Uh, I've tried Which to one? play Witcher one and two. I tried to play three. I never finished it. So I wasn't really great, you know, a hundred percent like, Oh, this is going to be something I'm really going to enjoy when it comes to the lore. And then, you know, the Witcher with, you know, your boy Henry Cavill came out and I was like, Oh, this is something really, really good. Uh, this show blew that shit out the water, out the water. <laughs> and you know, you know me, I don't like anime style that much. I'm not a big fan of it. Um, however, when it's done correctly, it is done well it's done it's just done great when it's done correctly and this as jaron said the animation style just knocks just just completely knocks it out of the park it is so good um it's such it's well animated fluid so many awesome things happen it's it's mm. great and the story itself is really really good too um i could have cared less about vesemir i didn't even know who the fuck he was i had to look up he was the old guy from witcher yeah. uh I was like, oh, I know that guy, kind of, I guess. I don't fucking know. <laughs> but yeah, I was engaged. After I went back and watched it a second time, I was engaged the whole entire time. My only big downside is the first people to die, the only black people the whole entire thing. <laughs> Which always pisses me off. It's like, y'all couldn't have put like some, early. somebody else in there, you know? Yeah, so, but other than that, uh, yeah, the story was great. I loved how... Um, Sorceress woman, the witch, uh, not a sorceress woman. She's a, I guess she's a wizard. Yeah, she's they, they, go to sc- they go to school for that shit. Yeah. Uh, I love how she was uh, basically the antagonist the whole entire time. And she was, she was setting him up for failure <laughs> and basically caused the downfall of the witchers and all that good stuff. I love their little uh, shout out to, you know, Geralta Riviera at the end. Yeah. You know, it's like you figured out, you know, I knew they're going to do it, even though like, Geralt, I mean, from the lore wise, has been there since he was a baby, so he should be already like into this shit. <laughs> like, by the, it well, have been well like, is always very old, so he's still really young when we yeah at the end. So, so but either way, like I like the little call out to him. I knew it was going. I I was like, I'm waiting for him. Like that's gonna be one of these kids is Geralt. I know one of these kids is mm-hmm. they, they can't they can't not do it. Um. But yeah, it was it was really it was a really good story. Lots of really good action in it. Lots of crazy, nice, cool monster designs for things that you know you would you know of, but you've never seen them like they they've been described or been shown in as in the show. Yeah, yeah so cool. Such such a cool show. Like if you like fantasy and shit like that, you'll like this show. And that's coming from me, a person who staunchly hates the anime style. Like if Japan fell into the ocean. And you know they saved all the people because they're good people, but they're like, "Oh, we don't know how to do anime no more." I'm like, "I'm cool with that." <laughs> <laughs> I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure Studio Mirror is South Korean studio. So yeah, if we're, I'm pretty sure Long you're Island. Right. Uh, Korea is not an island; it's a peninsula. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, The Witcher: Nightmare of the Wolf. Had me howling to the moon because of the great action on screen. <laughs> when you open up with killing some kids, man, like you know, that means you that means this is open for business at this point. You can't get no worse than killing a bunch of kids. So when yeah. you start off with that, you letting us know as a viewer that hey, look, we about to get it in. So you open with that, so that's great. Um, and then they played the only thing they played with the flashback thing, which I thought was cool, but it kept like flashing forward to flashback to it, it kind of got bothersome for me because I kind of was really just engulfed in like 
hey, how's this? The house is going down. Like, what's going on with the witches? And it was more just like, oh, him running from home. Oh, him doing the trials. And I was like, again, it's cool. I know he becomes the witcher. So just so it did kind of bother me with that because I was more excited about the main storyline. Um, I do like about this, and maybe I have to watch a different movie. I like that nobody's really a good guy in this. Except no. for old girl, like what is it, Yana, his girl or whatever? Yeah, she's probably the only one that's closest to good, just because she runs an orphanage. And but no one else is a good guy here. Like she married all out. of these people are bad guys, <laughs> which I thought was interesting because then I'm starting to root for the bad guys because I don't know the lore, so I didn't know they were going to get wiped out. But yeah, so imagine my surprise when <laughs> they get wiped out. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, just because you're a bad guy doesn't mean you should be genocided against. <laughs> yes, yes. So, yeah, like I mean, I look, I was here for it. The only to see the only negative I had was the thing that Jason mentions, like a shout out to, hey, this is connected. <laughs> Pick up and say his name. So you know, I, at the end, and I was like, okay, <laughs> I didn't need that. I didn't need that at all. Like, but okay, I guess if you're just trying to tell us, like. Hey, this is connected, you know. They have so you know. to at that point. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I could have done without that, but yeah, I enjoyed it. Also, for you people who you hardcore European fantasy people who think that black people couldn't exist in ancient Europe, uh, they were there since Rome Roman times. There were black people all over Europe. Uh go look at a fucking painting, you assholes. So if you think your fantasy genre is all like, oh, but they're they're supposed to be medieval England, so they should all be white. You're fucking wrong. (laughs) You're (laughs) fucking wrong. I second that opinion wholeheartedly. And yeah, so let's go ahead. Um, Jaron, what are you giving it? Uh, I'm going to give this one a 4.3. The only thing that would make this better if there was a little more action at the level that Studio Mirror puts into their action. I just... I, I, I just want more. So, <laughs> all right, Jason. 4.31. Just to be, fuck you, Jaron. I'm the one that typed these out. It's going to be 4.3 <laughs> for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really good. It's enjoyable. Uh, you know, especially if you like medieval, uh, you know, fantasy type stuff, there's no reason why you shouldn't want to watch this. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm at a 4.5, man. I thoroughly enjoyed this. Like it because I'm not familiar with the lore, I'm not familiar with anything. Only thing I know is the live action and this. That's it. Me too. <laughs> so well, yeah. So for me to go in here and be like, oh, this is what the witches was like. Oh, they were getting down like this back in the day. Like it was almost like Knights of the Old Republic S for Star Wars people. Yeah. Like you're like, oh, that's how Jedi used to get down when they used to like fight, fight all the time. Like yeah. this is crazy. That that's how I felt with this one. Like, oh man, the witches were like, no wonder people was trying to get rid of them because they were on one. So. Yeah, 4.5, man. I really enjoyed this. Also, shout out to the best Star Wars game of all time. <laughs> oh, that's a, yeah. No no, no disagreement there, Jerry? You with that? Uh, what? The best Star... Witcher? No, best Star Wars game. Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, KOTOR? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> okay. Figured, hey, we agreed on something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Star Wars sucks, but KOTOR is awesome. Well, it's, yeah, it's because it wasn't really Star Wars. It was just a great game. Yeah. We agree on something. <laughs> yeah. A win's a win. Right. <laughs> Let's jump into something we may not agree about. Netflix, uh, sorry, Hulu had a new movie come out starring Little Rail and John Cena called Vacation Friends. 
but like I'm, I'm gonna start and give the pun, but I'm gonna shoot it right to you, Jason, because I feel like we're gonna feel similar about this movie. So the pun I had is this movie is like you invite the one white guy to your family function, and that white guy is a really good dancer and he dances better than everybody in your family. <laughs> now your cousin's looking at you sideways because you bought the best dancer here, and People are like, oh, I remember that event very fondly. It was that good white guy. But they don't know what else happened in the event because all you remember was the dancing good white guy. That was this movie summed up to its team, like everything. But Jason, you have stronger feelings about it, and I'll let you go and go into that. All right. Let me first off and start off and say there was some, I did have some legitimate laughs watching this movie. There were some times where I laughed out loud and I was like, oh, that's actually a pretty funny joke. Uh, with that said, I did not like this movie at all. Um, for me, and I texted these guys while I was watching this, this felt like a movie that was written by white people, let's be honest. And then, you know, when they came to go shoot it, they were like, oh, let's get Little Rel as the the star. And let's just kind of like make it with black people in it, even though none of the shit makes cultural sense whatsoever. <laughs> Um, I kind of also hate the kind of like trope where like the most outlandish fucking dude that is unrealistically outlandish is somehow loved by everybody. Like these people start off with putting cocaine in people's drinks without telling yeah. them and just like, oh, I think that's okay. And it's like, there's no person out there in the history of people that would ever think that's a good idea to do. Like unless vacation. <laughs> unless they are sociopaths and they're trying to murder you or rape you or whatever. Like that's like that shit like is like when they're just doing like just dumb shit and somehow it's like working and people are like, I love this guy. He's just doing all the he's saying all the things I want. This is like, no, nobody, nobody <laughs> would love like this person. They're just obnoxious and annoying. And John Cena's character and his wife were just that for me. They were just obnoxious and annoying. And and for me, you you need uh, to to um, balance that with a person who is so opposite that that it makes sense for him to you know, meet in the middle. But Little Rel is just a planner. He, he, there was nothing wrong. Like he might have been slightly uptight, but only slightly. <laughs> and it's like you can't like there is no thematic reason why he should like trust or like or be like these people because. It's, it just doesn't make sense. It's just so outlandish. He's so not that. He's so reasonably reasonable that it's just it's it, it just doesn't work. And then you have you know the fact that his father in law doesn't like him because he works at a construction. The motherfucker owns his own construction company. That it, at the end you find out it was valued at thirty four million dollars. Like the whole classism thing. Like it happens in 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 black culture, but it's not from business owner to business owner. There's no old money fox hunting motherfuckers out there <laughs> who are like, oh, you run your own company? What a fucking loser you are. Like, no, that shit doesn't... Like, if he was a drug dealer, like, maybe. Like, or if he was, like, unemployed, then I can understand the conflict there. But, like, this dude is running a successful business and you fucking clowning on him? Like, get the fuck out of here. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. So, this is why I thought that this was just totally kind of, like, papered over retooled for mm. a black audience because like 
this dynamic between his father-in-law and him, it it especially they were taking place in Atlanta. That shit don't fly here. Like, like that doesn't make any goddamn sense. <laughs> so uh yeah, I don't like this movie. Um John Cena is much better in this than he is in much of his other stuff, but that doesn't help. <laughs> right, right. Jerry, <laughs> your thoughts? I mean, you could miss this. It it uh it is it is just a retool of every other crazy vacation movie that happens when somebody is a movie star and wants to take a, a studio paid vacation to ha- you know Hawaii for <laughs> a, a week and just crank out some garbage cookie cutter movie. Uh, I I will disagree on one thing. I do think it is not a racial thing. I think it's absolutely this whole experience. I witnessed in this movie is a classist thing. It's a hundred percent somebody who's wealthy looking down on somebody who is he's un uh, he's uneducated on and has probably not given the time of day to even look into it and just judges him, you know, prejudices him based on the title that he once said in front of him. I mean, it's 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 been done in movies so many times, and yeah, most of them have been like all white cast. So did did. Laurel get like subbed in on this. I mean, I mean, maybe, but like, I don't know how to say this without (laughs) like overreaching or you know, assuming this. Just say it, and if if it's if it's too bad, we'll put you in your place. (laughs) (laughs) I guess. I guess what I'm trying to say is, I I just uh, it's. I don't think uh, that it's a bad thing that you have two up and coming and established black actors playing a role that could be played by any race. I think as a society, when we grow and when Americans, when people come from all over the world and like join up in America, there are things, one of my Asian friends was talking about like something they do getting kind of adopted into common like slang. And he's like, that's what we're here for. It's America. We're all trying to be part of it or whatever. So I guess what I'm, what I'm saying is uh, I've, I've met exceptionally rich, like black, white, and, and Asian people. And I've met exceptionally poor <laughs> versions and everywhere in between on just about every one of those. And sometimes, especially around here in Georgia, when you're trying to belong to some stupid country club or something, you become that which is accepted. And I've seen a lot of exceptionally wealthy people that aren't necessarily white adopting a lot of rich white bullshit. So, I mean, for lack of a better phrase. So I think, I think this is about her dad being overprotective and considering himself one of the best there is at what he does and just looking down on someone he sees as inferior, which is a very classist thing to do. Kind of their jam. (laughs) No, the fox hunting scene does not resonate (laughs) I mean, what it all takes it? place here in, in in Country Club of the South in Georgia. I they don't do fox hunts there. They don't do fox hunting down here at all. I play okay, golf. How rich you are? You're not fox hunting in fucking Georgia. <laughs> Where not, the fuck do they even go? They're supposed to be like Marietta. Where the fuck they even go? Yeah, no this, yeah. If there is fox hunting out there, like, please get in the comments and let me know that I'm wrong. Because yeah. I would I would love yeah. to go on a fucking fox hunt. I think that should be fun riding horses and shit. You know, going, you know. <laughs> Excelsior yeah. <laughs> playing trumpets. No yeehaw, just Excelsior. Yeah, no, bring it, bring right, it. right. True nerd, my boy. Excelsior. <laughs> All right. 
Jason, what would you give this? Uh, a two. It's not so bad. There were definitely some genuine laughs. It's not horrible, but it's just like there's just things that I guess didn't resonate for me. So it was like a two. Yeah. It's watchable. Uh, I'm giving it a two as well. Uh, again, miss it. It's not worth it. If if you've watched any kind of buddy comedy or couple-y kind of semi-romantic comedy in the past 20 years, you've seen this movie already probably three times over with it in the past. <laughs> it, it is as cookie cutters. It can come. It's not worth your time. Yeah, I gave it a 1.5, man. <laughs> I, I want to put this at all, man. John Cena was the best thing about it. I'm mad they wasted all that black talent in there. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, Lynn Whitfield up in there, man. You had uh, Robert Wisdom up in there. You had, I mean, just Anna, Anna, uh, um, Anna Marie uh, Osfred Relief. That was from Wayne's Brothers fame, Friday yeah. fame. Like you had some heavy hitters in there, and like you just, just to cover the wall with them. Yeah, yeah, and it was just a waste, man. So I'm that's why I felt it was a, What's a retooled screenplay because you had yeah. all this good talent there. It's like you didn't know nobody had anything to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was. I will say this though. The best thing that came out of this movie is the image of for cocaine, because they made cocaine seem like the most <laughs> wonderful thing in the whole existence of man. And here's it's what's like, so fucked up about this: yeah. like people die trying cocaine for the first time, like, and you're just like, here you go, <laughs> yep, yep, get the yep, fuck yep. out of here. <laughs> but oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody, listening to the N Word for Nerd podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed what you heard. And I guess, Jaren, give them the nice words of how they can find us and what they should do, how they should do it, you know, real nasty-like or real clean. Uh, <laughs> uh, just uh, subscribing is great. It really helps us out. Um, but if you smash that uh, that bell, you can set the notifications to always be on, and you'll catch everything from this channel, which, I mean, we put up daily content. Or you can uh, you can whittle that down to just grabbing us and the stuff that we put up that are directly related to this show. Either way, we won't be uh, filling up your inbox or anything, but hopefully we'll be delivering you something great. So go ahead and smash that uh, bell and get notified when we drop new stuff. If you're an attractive young lady, I probably will be filling up your inbox while I slide into your DMs. I don't think any of us are doing that yet. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, with that being said, Jaron, any closing words for everybody out there? Uh, no. Uh, have a great weekend. And the Duke of all nerds, Jason number eight, any final words for everybody out there? Be kind. Tip your service 20%.